0: Welcome to Lessons for Living Television. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. How often have you heard this question? Can you read the handwriting on the wall? I bet you've heard it many times. Well, today, as we study, we're going to learn the source of that saying. You see, because the handwriting on the wall, that message comes from God's Word. And it's just as vital to us today as it was 2,600 years ago when it was first declared. Well, in today's program, we're continuing in our study of the book of Daniel. And today, we will be looking at Daniel chapter 5. Now, as we come to Daniel chapter 5, just a little bit of background information so you can just put everything in context. King Nebuchadnezzar, who we've been talking about for a number of programs, well, he's dead. His son and grandson, Nabonidus and Belshazzar, are co-regents of the kingdom. Belshazzar is actually referred to as king. The year is uh, about 539 B.C. Daniel who's been a faithful servant of God, is an elder statesman by this time. He's in his 70s, maybe into his 80s. We know a lot about the events of this period. We have the writings, for example, of um, Herodotus, plus extensive uh, excavations in and around what was ancient Babylon. Now, Daniel chapter 5 can be divided, if you were, sort of into a four-act drama. Act 1 would be entitled, Looking for Joy in All the Wrong Places. Let's go to uh, Daniel chapter 5, and let's begin at verse 1. King Belshazzar prepared a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles, and he was drinking wine in front of them all. While under the influence of wine, Belshazzar issued an order to bring in the gold and silver vessels, the ones that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had confiscated from the temple in Jerusalem so that the kings and his nobles together with his wives and his concubines could drink from them. So they brought the gold and the silver vessels that had been confiscated from the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem, And the kings and his nobles, together with his wives and concubines, drank from them. And as they drank wine, they praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. So here they are, this massive party, they're ridiculing and they're mocking the God of Israel by guzzling their drunken toasts from these sacred vessels. That had been designed for sacred purposes there in the temple in Jerusalem. Now, how many of these gold and silver vessels existed? Well, according to Ezra chapter 1, there were something like 5,400 of them. Now, Belshazzar is entrenched behind these tremendously high walls and he's surrounded by a deep moat. Well, he felt pretty confident that no enemy could possibly enter. He may have planned this particular feast to express his defiance of the advancing army of the Persians. Now, why should he be concerned? Babylon, well, it was invincible. So he thought, what made it invincible in his thinking? Well, it had an endless supply of water from the broad river Euphrates. And that river flowed right through the center of the city. It had an endless supply of grain. So their attitude was, well, let's eat, drink, and be merry because we have nothing to worry about. They were looking for joy in the wrong place. You know, just as an aside, today many people are looking for joy in all the wrong places. Many today have this attitude. If I could just make it through the week, then I can party on the weekend. Because many people feel that their regular lives during the week are just a drag, just drudgery. And that on the weekends, well, they can escape. They can go, they can take some mind-altering chemical, and and then they can really party really hard, but that doesn't work. Now, (laughs) I don't want you to get the idea that Christianity is opposed to fun. We're not. As Christians, we are supposed to be joyful people. We're supposed to have fun. But the Christian joy is not to be artificial or chemically induced. We are to celebrate. We are to be joyful because God, the Almighty One, loves us and that through Jesus Christ, we're forgiven and we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. We celebrate because Christ has conquered death and has blazed an eternal path for our believers. In fact, Jesus ordered us to celebrate. He said, rejoice that your names are written in heaven, Luke chapter 10 and verse 20. But (laughs) let me just speak honestly here. As Christians, we don't always look very joyful. Most Christians... I think, I hope, reflect the joy of the Lord. But there are a few Christians out there that actually scare me. But if you know, if you know that you're forgiven, how can you not be joyful? Here comes act number two. A shocking revelation. Look at verses five and six. At that very moment, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the royal palace wall opposite the lampstand. The king was watching the back of the hand that was writing. Then all the color drained from the king's face and he became alarmed. The joints of his hips gave way and his knees began knocking together. Well, that'll sober you up in an instant the crowd hushed into silence. Was this a message of doom from another world? Was it an omen? The king, what did he do? Calls the magicians. They could neither read the writing nor interpret the message. And in the midst of this consternation, in comes the queen mother. And she comes and she reminds her blasphemous son that while the wise men could not read the writing, there was one in the whole realm who could read the message and only one who could interpret it. Let Daniel be called, she says. She remembered the part that this messenger of God had played during the long reign of Nebuchadnezzar and how he had led him to at last except the Most High God. She also knew that some 60 or so years earlier, Daniel had stood before Nebuchadnezzar and unfolded the future of the world, declaring that Babylon would one day pass away and that another kingdom would take its place. Now, Daniel's response here in verse 17 is just classic. He says... Keep your gifts and your rewards to someone else. However, I will read the writing for the king and make its interpretation known. When Daniel appeared before the terrified monarch, the king offered him gifts and all kinds of things in honor. And politely, this aged statesman, this prophet, said to the king, you can keep your gifts, you can give your rewards to others he reminded Belshazzar that it was the Most High God who had given his grandfather Nebuchadnezzar a kingdom. Then fixing his eyes on that trembling king, Daniel delivered this message in the presence of all of the assembled nobles. Act 3, it would be entitled A Sad Interpretation. In verses 18 through 21, Daniel gives the king a history lesson reminding him of the painful lessons his grandfather had learned. Here's what it says. And as for you, O king, the Most High God bestowed on your father, Nebuchadnezzar, a kingdom, greatness, honor, and majesty. Due to the greatness that he bestowed on him, all peoples nations and language groups, were trembling with fear before Him. He killed whom He wished, He spared whom He wished, He exalted whom He wished, and He brought low whom He wished. And when His mind became arrogant and His spirit filled with pride, He was deposed from His royal throne, and His honor was removed from Him. He was driven from human society, His mind was changed to that of an animal. He lived with wild donkeys. He was fed grass like oxen. His body became damp with the dew of the sky until he came to understand that the Most High God rules over human kingdoms and he appoints them over them whomever he wishes. Then, when he comes to verse 22, Daniel now, having given the king a history lesson, gives the king a theological lesson, verse 22. But you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled yourself. Although you knew all this, instead you have exalted yourself against the Lord of heaven. You brought before you the vessels from his temple and you and your nobles, together with your wives and concubines, drank wine from them. You praised the gods of silver, gold, bronze, iron, wood, and stone, gods that cannot see or hear or comprehend. But you have not glorified the God who was in His control, your very breath, and all your ways. Therefore, the palm of a hand was sent from Him, and this writing was inscribed. This is the writing that was inscribed. Mene, Mene, Tekel, and Farsim. This is the interpretation of the words. As for Mene, God has numbered your kingdom's days and brought it to an end. As for Tekel, you are weighed on the balances and found to be lacking. As for Perez, your kingdom is divided and given over to the Medes and the Persians. Those four Aramaic words on the wall tell their meaning. Mene, which literally means numbered. God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tachel which literally means weighed. You have been weighed on the scales and you have found to be wanting. And and parsim, a farsim, means literally divided. The plural is pares. Your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. While Daniel is reading the writing, the Persian armies were marching up the riverbed ready to enter the palace. Belshazzar's day had already passed. He had crossed that unseen barrier between God's mercy and his wrath, and he didn't even know it. He had sinned away his day of grace. What does it say there in Proverbs uh, chapter 16, verse 18? Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. The Medo-Persian troops entered the banquet hall, and soon the red blood of royalty mingled with the red wine of Babylon on the pavement of the banquet hall. Two of Israel's greatest prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah, had not only predicted the downfall of Babylon, they had enumerated many of the details as to how it would be accomplished. More than a 100 years before Cyrus, the, the, the general who defeated the Babylonians, was even born. How could these three words apply to us today, us modern folks? Well, mene means that God has counted our days. If I asked you how old you were, you would respond in years. But it says here that God counts our days in the 90th Psalm, verse 12. Let's just turn to it. Here's what it says. So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. You see what it says there? It says not only does God count our days rather than our years, God knows exactly how many days you and I have left before we die. (laughs) The countdown is on. If we knew that our days would run out this week, what things would we put at the top of our priority list? The word tekel. Well, that means that each of us has been weighed on the scales of divine justice and has been found wanting. You see, sin, well, that's, that's like high treason in the sight of a righteous, holy God. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You see, we've all sinned. We're all sinners. Not all the good deeds of Mother Teresa can erase or make up for one sin. Sin, it weighs so heavy on the scales of divine justice that something of enormous weight must be placed on the other side of the scale to avoid that condemnation. The third word, farcing, it means divided. Everything we have of material value, everything other than what we give away will one day be divided and given to other folks. Only that, we, that which we invest in God's kingdom will last forever. Everything else, we're going to lose. My grandfather used to say to me that a casket has no drawers. Well, that now brings us to Act 4. Sudden condemnation. Let's go back to Daniel chapter 5 and let's begin reading down at verse 29. Then on Belshazzar's orders, Daniel was clothed in purple, A golden collar was placed around his neck, and he was proclaimed third ruler in the kingdom. And in that very night, Belshazzar, the Babylonian king, was killed. So Darius the Mede took control of the kingdom when he was about 62 years old. The Persian army had dug a canal upstream from Babylon, So thus, what happened was they diverted the river Euphrates. They diverted it into this swampy area. This way, the Persian army was able to march into Babylon on the dried-up riverbed of the Euphrates River. And that very night, King Belshazzar died. Now, is there a message from all of that for us today? I believe there is. You see, all of us, as I said earlier, we're all sinners. And the wages of sin is death. Those who disregard Christ are not condemned in some future time. The condemnation is now. Listen to the words of Jesus in John chapter 3 and in verse 18. Look at what it says. The one who believes in him is not condemned. The one who does not believe has been condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. Then in, verse, uh, in John chapter 3 and verse 36, here's what we read here. The one who believes in the Son has eternal life. The one who rejects the Son will not see life, but God's wrath remains on him pretty sobering words, but here comes the good news as declared by the Apostle Paul to the Romans and to us. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How can you be sure that you are forgiven and saved in Jesus Christ? It is so clear here in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. Here's what it says. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That news came too late to help King Belshazzar. But praise God, it's not too late for you. It's not too late for me. You know, thanks to the success of the movie Titanic, the American public was reminded of that awful night, April the 14th, 1912, when that supposedly unsinkable ship went down, taking with it, what, some 1,500 persons to their deaths. It has been documented that the Titanic was warned several times that night about icebergs the tragedy might have been averted if the wireless operator had heeded the warnings. You see, God is warning us. He's warning us through the experience of King Belshazzar. He's saying now is the time to repent. Today, right now, is the time to acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Why not do that right now? Planet Earth is running down. Just look around you. Everything says so. Everything that God has said that would happen just before Jesus would come has just about happened. There's not a lot of time left. The clock is about to strike midnight. And I know that some of you listening to me, you have a contingency plan up your sleeve. Other people, they think that, well, once the trouble really starts, then they'll decide. Do you know why God puts prophecies like this one with Belshazzar in the Bible? Do you think he puts it in here to scare the the living daylights out of us? No. He puts them in here to tell us that we're running out of time. I mean, maybe you know what you're doing, and at the last moment, in the last opportunity, you're going to save yourself. But maybe, maybe you're going to discover that at that point, it may be too late. Today, the question that rings true is this one. How long will you halt between two opinions? If the Lord God is God, then choose Him, because you know what? He's already chosen you a long time ago. Let us pray. Gracious, loving Heavenly Father, thank you for the warnings you place in scripture, like the warning in the story of King Belshazzar, who faithfully, did not heed the warnings that had been given to him and his grandfather. Father, I pray that those within the reach of my voice today will recognize that time is running out, that today is the day of salvation, and they may make a decision for Jesus. Bless each and every viewer, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've come to that point in the program where we share with you the resource we have for you. Each and every week, we want to share with you something that is going to help you in your spiritual journey. And I'm really excited about what we have here today. This is a wonderful, wonderful book. It is called Prophets and Kings, Trials and Triumphs of God's People. This is a great, great book. If you don't have this one, you're going to want to request it. It's our gift to you, free of charge. If you'd like to receive this book by mail at your home, no obligation whatsoever on your part, then pay attention to the information you're about to hear.
1: To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com that's the lessons for living television website www.alforltv.com you can also write us at post office box 27030 Simcoe Conlin post office Oshawa Ontario L1g0a3 and we would be happy to send the offer out to you that's post office box 27030 Simcoe Conlin post office Oshawa Ontario l1g0a3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request And if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support.
0: Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. I want to thank you again for joining us, for being here week after week. And can I ask you to let your friends know to tune in also? Uh, We could always use more viewers. If you've missed any of the programs, or if you'd like to introduce your friends to our television program, you can do so on our website, l4ltv.com. All of the previous programs are there under the Previous Programs tab. There is a Live Appearances tab, which will tell you where I'll be appearing live. And there is a Donate Today tab also. You can make a donation to keep the ministry on the air, knowing that Every dollar you send to the ministry is used to pay for airtime, the gifts we send out, the editing of the program. Not a penny comes to me directly for salary or expenses. And every dollar you send, we will send you a tax deductible receipt for income tax purposes because we are a charitable organization. Also, follow me on Instagram. Santos underscore Bill. Every day, I put out a little video, a little short clip, just with a thought for the day. If you'd like to get that, follow me on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill, or on Twitter, Santos at Santos underscore Bill. Like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash L4L Television. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you have a special prayer request, write to me at Bill at... L4LTV.com, and we will add your prayer request to our growing prayer list. If you're interested in going with us overseas to do some of our humanitarian work, visit MissionNowCanada.com. On that website, you will see the places that we have been in the past, what we've done while we are there, and where we are planning on going next time. Well, we are running out of time. I want to thank you again for joining us. I pray that the next time we're here, that you're with us also. Let your friends know also. In the meantime, God bless you. And I look forward to seeing you back again next time.